you want to shape everything to your kids, right? To yeah. their ages. And so does that mean they're all sitting there with their heads bowed, eyes closed, hands folded over, praying mm-hmm. perfectly? No, not at all. School is out and summer is here and Father's Day is right around the corner. We previously heard from five different godly women on their take on motherhood. Well, in this fatherhood series, you'll hear much of the same. The tender moments, the strong and funny moments, and the important moments of where our godly fathers share how they lead their families. So listen along and be encouraged. In today's episode, we'll be talking with my friend, Evan McFarland. Hey. I met Evan and his family four years ago at a church small group gathering. I believe that he and his wife, Katie, had just moved here, and he was our new student pastor then. But you graduated since then, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when we moved here, I was the student pastor, did that for three years. And then last August, I transitioned. God kind of led me into a new season in ministry. And so now I am the young married and evangelism pastor at First West. It's a long title there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. This new role has a lot of different responsibilities that Mm -hmm. come along with it. And Mm -hmm. so tried to find a title that summarize some of that and even there's stuff missing there. So people just kind of pick which one works best for them at that moment. So a lot of times people call me the evangelism pastor. Yeah, just wearing a lot of hats. That's right. Okay. So that's all cool. But, you know, what everyone really wants to know is about your dad skills. So uh, (laughs) tell us how many children you have and what their ages are. So I got three awesome kiddos. Uh, the first two are twins, so they're six years old. It's Wilder and Adeline, they're boy-girl twins. And then we also have Hazel, who is almost two years old. She'll be two in July. Man, I just can't believe that the twins are six. I, I just know. I still think of them as like three and four. <laughs> I know. I do too sometimes. Like, yeah. what? That's just insane. Yeah. And Hazel almost two. Wow. Just time flies. That's right. The twins graduated from kindergarten here recently. Oh, so I know. It's oh, crazy. Gosh. Okay. Uh, was fatherhood something you always look forward to? Um, honestly, it wasn't really. When when I looked at the grand scheme of my life when I was younger, mm-hmm. that wasn't something I always thought about. As as a guy, I thought about sports a lot. I thought about mm-hmm. hanging out with friends. I thought about what my job would be when I grew up, just kind of enjoying the moment. It's only when, so Katie and I, my wife now, we yeah. started dating in high school. It really wasn't until we got married that I began to think about kids. Of course, I wanted kids. Wanted Katie and I to have kids. Yeah, like one day. One day, but I wasn't that rushing way. that moment, and yeah. I wasn't I wasn't dreaming of what they would look like. And yeah, all that, all that kind, kind of stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah, I feel that really. I do. Unlike most women, like all the women interviewed for the motherhood one, I was a little different. I didn't really dream about it either. I always thought like, well, maybe one day I'll have this desire to have children and. It just didn't. Like I was 30 and I was like, well, I guess I better start wanting to have kids or (laughs) it'll pass me by. (laughs) So that was kind of for me, just a long out there somewhere day. And eventually I was like, well, here it is. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel that for sure. But, you know, after all this waiting time, did you feel like you were ready? No, (laughs) not not really. I mean, (laughs) I knew that God would give me what I need to do it, but I don't think you're ever quite ready. I think, and that's what I tell younger couples all the time is Mm -hmm. you just have to go for it. You just have to do it. You're Mm -hmm. never going to be financially ready. You're never going to be spiritually ready. You're never going to have your career figured out in time. Like whatever it is, you just have to go for it and trust Mm -hmm. God that he's going to provide. Second that as well. (laughs) If someone's ever just, oh, I just got to wait for the right moment. There is never a right moment. That's right. Just like, you know, starting anything new, like college or high school, like you can never, you don't know what you don't know. That's right. And that's okay. That's right. People ask me all the time, like, 
What man, I can't imagine starting with twins. Like you just start off with two kids, and I'm like, I, you just do it. There, there, there's no other option. You just mm-hmm. do it, and you enjoy it. And so, yeah, you get through it, and God gives you what you need to do mm-hmm. it. So, before you were a dad, what did you think it'd be like? In my head, I pictured this probably the <laughs> like most guys. I, I pictured the fun moments of fatherhood, yeah. right? I didn't really picture the difficult moments or the tough moments. I, I pictured having a son that I could be in the backyard throwing the ball with. Mm-hmm. I pictured the daughter who I could dance with at daddy daughter dances and yeah. the bedtime stories and the fun moments. And of course, for me, all those things have come true and, yeah. I, and I love fatherhood. I mean, that's just the a, a blessed part of it. But as I've gotten into it, I've realized that's not all that fatherhood is, yeah. you know, and I knew that, but until you live it, I think you yeah. don't oh, really yeah, understand it. Yeah. And it's a pleasure bigger old than we That's right. That's right. And it makes those sweet moments even sweeter. And so, you know, for us, we jumped right into not fun moments in in our parenting. I did into fatherhood. Our twins were born at 25 weeks. And so Wilder was one pound, nine ounces and Aline was one pound, six ounces. And so Mm. fatherhood right off the jump looked totally different than a lot of different fathers. And I had to be strong for my family in a moment of crisis kind of right off the bat. And so and it, it was it was difficult. Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, I've seen where Katie's talked about that a little bit on, you know, social media here and there. How was like Wilder's and Adeline's miraculous birth? Like, how did, how did that affect you? Like, did it affect you any different? You know, like, how did it shape you as a dad? Yeah. Those are one of those defining (laughs) moments in your life that I think would shape anyone. They were in the hospital for almost five months and there was really scary moments in there of where we didn't know if they would live or not. And, and then once we got past that, just developmentally, what kind of quality of life will they have? And just not knowing mm-hmm. those things. And so it definitely shapes you. I would say for Katie and me, um, Katie and I, it grew us closer together in yeah. our relationship and as mm-hmm. parents. And then you lean into wanting to protect your kids more, I think. When when they start mm-hmm. off fragile, you know, yeah. that papa bear uh, wants to come out and protect your kids. And so... Um, it, it definitely has affected us. And then it realized, you know, as I this past week, as I got to watch my kids walk across the stage for kindergarten graduation, I think I just cherish those moments even more because I didn't mm-hmm. know if they would make it to that moment. Yeah. And so yeah. like, it makes wow. the special things even more, even special. more special. That's yeah. awesome. Man, and Wilder and Adeline, they're just so wild <laughs> and spunky and Amen. fun, like so full of life. So I'm glad we get to have all that blessing. Yeah, for sure. So some parts of parenting can be intense, and you've kind of already alluded to some of that. What are those things for you? Some things that any parent has to face is, you know, figuring out the discipline side of it. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? You don't want to raise uh, kids who are undisciplined. And so figuring that out, uh, also through the process of that, realizing your own faults that you have mm-hmm. with them and, yeah. and in parenting. And so both of those things make it difficult. And then we dealt with sickness early on, but any parent knows, mm-hmm. man, it's yeah. tough in parenthood when you got to deal with whether the smallest of sicknesses yeah. or the biggest of them. Mm-hmm. You with know? the small one sicknesses is like, oh, just no sleep. <laughs> I know it. I know it. It makes yeah. for rough nights like, for sure. Uh, gosh, you're like, well, can I take a day off too? Like, <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, but man, I really like how you said realizing your own faults. That's wow. Like, can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think uh, parenthood is a great mirror that reflects back into our own life as we try to raise up our kids. And uh, what I mean specifically by that is I think oftentimes we can want to discipline or we get frustrated at our kids for something that they're doing. But then if we really reflect on our own life, we do the exact same behaviors that our kids do. Mm, And so 
a practical example of that may be I may get onto Wilder for talking back to his mother mm-hmm. uh, when she asked him to do something. But then when Katie asked me to do something, I pop back at her. And yeah. so I, I did the exact same behavior he did. And so <laughs> yeah. um, we, we, we think we're so much more dignified and yeah. polished as adults, but really we're just older a lot yeah. of times. And so mm-hmm. it realized, it helps me realize that and, and show grace towards my kids. And then also in those moments where they do something and you just don't have any idea what to do, right? You're yeah. just like... Yep. There's no handbook on how to handle this situation. I don't know how to discipline it. And you realize, hey, I, I'm not enough for yeah. this task sometimes and I need I need help you mm-hmm. know, in it. Well, in the moment of needing help, do you, like, what do you do with that? Like, do you ask like your dad, your dad or like your parents or who do you call for that? Yeah. So I, th- there's men in my life that definitely I look up to and, and I respect and mm-hmm. their parenting. I would say my go to is usually other dads around my same age yeah. um, that I'm that I'm just doing life with. And we yeah. talk about it. Um, Katie also is a, a extreme source of wisdom in my life. Yeah. And so I can lean on her in those moments. And then you pray about them and you make the best decision mm-hmm. that you can make. Is there anything you feel that you could be better at? I think sometimes I could be better at, in this whole conversation, taking time to explain things to my kids. They behave, we react and discipline, Mm -hmm. and they could be left wondering, okay, what just happened? And so taking time to really, on their level, try to explain to them why we had to do this, Mm -hmm. the long-term implications of their behavior and all those kind of things. I I think I could do better. Yeah, not just because I said so. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. But in parenting, especially three kids, busy Uh, life. You're just trying to handle situations. Yeah, sometimes so, that's all you have time to say is like, because it's <laughs> that's right. That's I'll tell right. you later. <laughs> right, exactly. You'll get it one day, you know. <laughs> yeah, one day. <laughs> yeah. I know for some parents, like, you know, for me, like sometimes it's like something that we all struggle with is like being present with their kids. Like, do you have any like strategies or any thoughts on that? That's one of the things that I could definitely be better at as a parent is in those moments of when I'm actually physically present, being emotionally present with them as well. We're all busy in our lives. And so there's a tendency to, when you get home, want to rest or want to get into your phone and see what's Mm -hmm. going on. Just disconnect from the world, watch TV, whatever. And so I know me personally, I have to make big efforts to actually be present with them. And so sometimes that's putting the phone away. A lot of times that's just, hey, get up out of the chair, off the couch, go do something with them. And Mm -hmm. while you're active, then you forget all those other things that are going on. Yeah, because I've started making that a practice for me because I noticed like I've been like, wait, my child comes up to me and like wants to play with my phone. Like, oh, that's always an indicator that I've been on the phone too much. Yeah. So just actively putting it down. Sometimes I ask Alexa, like, hey, so the timer for 30 minutes that way I've known Mm. is because sometimes 10 minutes feels like a long time. It does. Yeah. And I'm like, but that's only 10 minutes. That's not good. Right. Yeah, like you said, just going actively playing with him, like either outside or inside, pushing him in his little car or something like that. Anything. Yes. more that's really good. I love that. I'll try sometimes when I get home just to leave my phone in my restroom and where mm-hmm. I won't hear it, where I won't see it. But I love your idea of we have Google, not Alexa, but asking uh-huh. asking Google to uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to help me, you know, to set that time or to put it away. Yeah. That's a great suggestion. Yeah. How do you define being a good dad? Man, that's a big question there. I would say that there's lots to it. There's not one definition, but I would say First and foremost, with what leads me personally and and my family, it would be leading my family spiritually. It would be leading them in love. I believe also being a good dad is loving their mom well. So they see Mm -hmm. that example. And of course, there's the providing of their needs, right? Uh, I think a lot of times when people Mm -hmm. think of fatherhood, they think of providing the physical needs. And that is a big part, you know, having food on the table. And Mm -hmm. obviously, I I feel that responsibility for my kids. But it's also their emotional needs, their spiritual needs, providing for my kids' needs. Yeah. 
All right. Well, it's interesting you say all those things. I have a listener that uh, submitted a question she has for you. She wants to know, like, do you feel any extra pressure to be the provider and man of the house? I would say yes, in some ways, especially I think our our culture puts a lot of pressure on the men Mm -hmm. to provide well. And, you know, um, I started off in in the business world and then God called me to ministry. And um, when that shift happened, the the shift of my life was no longer how much money can I get? How big of a house could we get Mm -hmm. or those kind of things? And that can be pressure, I feel sometimes for Mm -hmm. my kids. Every parent wants more for their kids and wants better for their kids. And you feel that pressure of, man, am I providing enough for them? Are they getting to live out the opportunities that I want them to live out mm-hmm. in life? And so I think you feel that pressure. But, man, the blessing I have is where that pressure is lessened is Katie is such a great helpmate and partner to me. that yeah. I, I don't I don't feel like I'm in that alone. I don't feel like I have to walk that alone. And ultimately, like, if my kids don't get the toy or the trip I want, I know they're still loved really well. Yeah. And they're still provided for. Yeah. But, yeah, I think uh, culturally, I think we do feel some there. of that pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I've heard a lot of like some leadership tones in here. Yeah. With all that being said, like what kind of Bible dad, you know, does that well to you? The dad I often think of that I enjoy teaching on the most or, or looking at the most mm-hmm. really doesn't have a lot said about him in the Bible. But it, mm-hmm. it would be uh, Joseph, the New Testament Joseph and yeah. uh, Joseph, Jesus, earthly father. And what I love is, you know, in a similar way, I said my fatherhood got thrown off to a, a unique start. Man, Joseph's was the most unique (laughs) that there ever was. (laughs) Um, And the way he handled that situation of honoring Mary still, of staying committed to her, Mm -hmm. of being with her, providing for her through that process, going to Bethlehem with her, like all all the... All the stuff that that he mm-hmm. did to take care of her and then obviously provide well for Jesus and for their family. I just think the Bible doesn't speak directly about him a lot, but yeah. I think we see all the indirect effects of his fatherhood <laughs> and leading there. And so I love teaching on Joseph. Christmas time comes around. I You're love like, to, yeah, I, yeah, I, I love talking man, about Joseph. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. All right. So with all that being said, what do you think God expects from fathers? Yeah, God has a lot to say about fatherhood. And, you know, I think first and foremost, it's being the spiritual leader of your home, that we're called to lead our home in a way that honors God, to raise our kids up in a way that they would know Him and see Him. And so there's many ways to do this practically, but I think the big umbrella is He expects us as fathers to lead our home spiritually. All right. What are some of those like practical ways in, in doing that? That's going to look different for every home, but in our home, what that looks like is we try to have family prayer time. Sometimes that can default, and sometimes in our culture that defaults to like just before you eat or whatever. Okay. We try to save that before you eat time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we try to save that before you eat prayer time for our kids to pray. We yeah. that's when we allow them mm-hmm. kind of that freedom to say what they want on their heart, so that they often pray for our food. But then it's practically more intentional prayer time. It's Bible stories and we're opening the Bible together. I even think sometimes it's just them seeing us in our Bible. And so it's not necessarily sitting down and telling the story, but they see, hey, this matters to mom and dad. Mm -hmm. So those are like those intentional moments where we're like, hey, sit down, hear the story of the Bible. But then also something I I call God moments where you're Mm -hmm. just going about life and you can weave the story of God into your story. I think it's important Mm -hmm. for our kids so they don't create a disconnected faith that Mm -hmm. God exists at church or when we're sitting down with the parents, but he doesn't exist in real life. That's right. And so we always do that. And then our kids at six are getting to an age too, where we just want to sit down and listen to them. What questions they're asking a lot of questions about death and heaven and Jesus and, you know, spiritual things. And so just listen to them and take time to let them talk their faith out. 
my child's not old enough for those conversations yet, but I have worked a lot with children. I honestly, most of my adult life, I've worked with, with kids yeah. and in ministry in that way. And don't you just love those questions from kids? Like every, it's always like just bring my heart so much joy. Yeah. Cause to me, there is no greater joy. This is better than like being married and even the birth of my own child is like having those faith discussions with children. Yeah. That's just genuine. Yeah. And there's no like hidden agenda behind the question. They just genuinely just want to know. And the response is so, oh, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it just yeah. makes you feel good. And it, it, it stretches your own faith. Yeah. You know, ask those you're questions. Like, and... I didn't thought about that. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, yeah. It's a lot of fun to be able yeah. to do that. Love that. So I'm glad you guys get to have that time now. Yeah. You know. So, you know, you're mentioning the family paradigm. I know you said sometimes it's at the dinner table, but you're also seeming like there's other times you're like, yeah. you're like, hey, this is the day. I just got to know, though, on a scale of one to 10, <laughs> like how successful are those times? Because, you know, you got some six-year-olds and a two-year-old. Yeah. Like, how does that go? So I think it depends on your definition of success. Okay. Um, oh, good and, answer. <laughs> and, and, and so you want to shape everything to your kids, right? To yeah. their ages. And so... Does that mean they're all sitting there with their heads bowed, eyes closed, hands folded over, praying mm-hmm. perfectly? No, not at all. Uh, Hazel's usually running around, hitting us yeah. on the knees and stuff as we're doing it. Wilder may be wiggling. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But the heart of it is we want them to know, man, there's a God that loves you that wants to communicate with you. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's just talking to them. So there are intentional moments like before bedtime, mm-hmm. at the dinner table other meeting moments that we have as a family. But then there's also just, hey, we're in the car. We're about to take a long drive. Let's pray. And we're just talking out loud. We're yeah. just telling God, hey, God, would you keep us safe on this drive home? Or, hey, one of the kids is at the doctor sick. And we're going, hey, mm-hmm. let's pray right now for this. And so we just, we want prayer to be throughout our family life. And it can look different in all the different ways we do it. So a big part of it is, hey, don't put so much pressure on yourself that it has to be quiet, that it has yeah. to be respectful, that it has to, I mean, they're kids. It's disabled. It That's can right. just be in, anywhere, like, you know, just make it transient. Like, That's right. Just, yeah, That's awesome. right. Are there anything specific like scriptures or anything you're teaching your children? Yeah, uh, just like we want to teach them how to pray, we want to teach them how not just to study the Word of God, but how the Word of God plays into their life and how it affects their life. And so right now we're in a season, I would say, with our twins of some fear being there yeah. and then being afraid of things, mm-hmm. whether through sicknesses they've walked through or just genuinely you're six years old and the world's really big and can be scary. And mm-hmm. so up on their wall in their room, we have Joshua 1.9. We put that up there. Mm-hmm. So we teach them that every night. Katie does a great job of going over that every night with yeah. them. And so that's, so that's what they're learning. Let's see. It's been a minute since I've studied that one. But it's like, be strong and courageous in the Lord. Yeah. It. So it's be you strong. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that promise was for Joshua. Yeah. Um, you know, at that time as he's leading the God's people into a, a new era, into the mm-hmm. promised land, somewhere where he doesn't know where he's walking into. And so we tell that same thing to our kids of like, hey, you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what you're walking into. But what you do know is that God is with you every mm-hmm. moment. And I love that it starts on the positive. Be strong yeah, and courageous. courageous. Yeah. And so focused on, hey, we, we put our hands up. We flex. You know, we're yeah. strong because God's with us but, as yeah. we walk into it. That's awesome. That's good. So how does church fit into how you and Katie parent? I mean, I know you're in staff and all. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, how does it fit? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I love that you said you're on staff because for my kids, they're around the church so often. They're mm-hmm. at the church. They're maybe the most comfortable kids up there. They're always running the hallways and we're trying yeah. to slow them down and all that, you know. <laughs> but I think that's an important question because I think fathers and parents, we can err too far on, on two different sides of this. Sometimes mm-hmm. we outsource our spiritual training of our kids to the church, which yeah. isn't right. And then sometimes we don't allow the church to help us enough in our our spiritual raising. And so for us, 
we believe um, when we look at scripture that God has called parents to be the primary faith trainers of their children. That's mm-hmm. where their faith training starts is with their parents. But we also believe the church is essential in that process, that we can't do it without the church. And so the church comes alongside us to equip us to that really overwhelming task. It's a really yeah. big task to raise your kids up in the way of God. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, at church, they they learn Bible stories. They And we get to continue those conversations at home um, from what mm-hmm. they learned at church, on, on the car ride home, at the dinner table, after church. We, we talk about those things. The biggest part I would say, though, more than even just teaching the Bible, is the support system the church gives oh, us yeah. of other godly oh, that families. Talk again, yeah, yeah, it's so important, man. <laughs> yeah, we we need each other. You mm-hmm. know, we were made for community, and we our kids were made for community as well. They, they mm-hmm. need that around them, and we need other families that can help us. You know, we moved here to West Monroe from the other side of the state, and mm-hmm. so we don't have family here. Yeah. And so our church family is our family here. And yeah. so they help us raise our kids in moments of sickness. They're the ones who swoop in to help us, to take care of mm-hmm. them. I mean, our church family is our family. And so we need that support system for sure. That's awesome. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, all that's true, 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 and true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> agree with all that. Does your family have like you know, a weekly Bible study? I mean, I know you got you emphasis on that prayer, but do y'all have like a weekly Bible study or something like that too? Yeah, so we do something a little unique for our family, um, and this was uh, Katie and I talked about this and began to do it. We we call it our family staff meeting. It's just a time where we get together, we pray for each other and with each other, we encourage one another, we go over our calendar for the week, we talk about our compassion kids, we talk about our family's finances, and we talk about the Bible in that time. And so there's a lot to accomplish in our calendar and in our busy schedules. And so mm. we set this time aside to be present and we go over the things that matter. Like any staff meeting at any organizational level, yeah. you go over the things that matter. And so we want to go over the things that matter. And of course, the Bible is one of those things. Oh, like yeah. That. That's awesome. A staff meeting. I just I just love that. You know, it kind of <laughs> takes me back to my teaching days. A lot of teachers have like, you know, it's called a morning meeting, you know, where they do that kind of thing, like what we're going to do for the day. Yeah. But man, that's awesome. Like, yeah. I could have asked like one what day did that fall on? You know, is it Monday or I don't know. Yeah. And um, y'all discuss finances with them? Like, <laughs> tell me more. I got to know more about this. For sure. So uh, ours right now are on Sunday evenings is okay. where we do them because, you know, obviously I'm in full-time ministry. My wife works as well. Our kids mm-hmm. are in school. And so that's the time we try to set aside to do that. So that's when it happens. And yeah, we talk about finances with our kids. Now, granted, they are six years old. Yeah. So Hazel's not invited to staff meeting yet. Oh, so she, okay. she's in bed at this time. All right. And so... We I was do. wondering. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. She's not in staff meeting yet. Uh, she, yeah. she will, she'll get that invite soon, hopefully. But uh, the way we talk about finances with our kids, and just so you know, the, the heart of that was uh, we don't ever remember those conversations growing up. Yeah. And so, um, so much of our world is financial and understand, mm-hmm. understanding that. And so we want our kids to have an understanding of that growing up. Mm-hmm. But at this stage, some of the things we talk about here in a few weeks, we're going on vacation. And so our financial update is like, hey, guys, we're going on vacation in a few weeks, which we're going to spend money on vacation. So we're not going to spend money before that. So we're not going to go out to eat this week. We're we're not going to eat out. We're going to eat at home every night. And there's no toys this week. Right. And so Katie will come with like, hey, here's our budget for the week. Here's how we're going to spend our money because we believe our money is a gift from God. We want to be good stewards of that. And so we we show them how we use that money. Yeah, I think that's great because I just know like, I guess, college and we'll say post high school. Yeah. There's so many young adults and people that are still adulting, like they're in their thirties like me. Don't know that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And they struggle with it because yeah. they didn't have that model for them. Yeah. Or those conversations just never happened or for whatever reason. So I think that's awesome. And that it's done it with, you know, a biblical 
perspective. Yeah. I think that's awesome. That's great. That's, yeah. Thumbs up to that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But you also mentioned a little bit there about your compassion kids. I just want to circle back to that just for a little bit. I think that's really cool that you involve your children with that. Yeah. Uh, Can you tell us just a little bit about what compassion kids are? Yeah. So there's an organization called Compassion International, which connects families with children who are in poverty throughout our world. And they're directly connected to churches and compassion centers in different countries around the world. And so you, you send money each month to provide for their basic needs. And then that church, their compassion center that's there, helps teach them in their education, helps teach them about Jesus. And so you're meeting not only physical needs, but you're meeting educational needs and you're meeting spiritual needs in them as well. And so you're giving up some of your resources to mm-hmm. send it to areas of the world you never get to go to to impact kids' lives. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Did Wilder and Adeline like play a part in choosing a, a compassion kid? This past one, so our church recently had a Compassion Sunday where we got mm-hmm. to adopt a kid. We had one prior to that, so we adopted a second one. And they were back in their uh, their oh, life yeah. group. And mm-hmm. so, but we, uh, as soon as they came out, we had the kid. We sat down with them and I showed Adeline. I was like, hey, here's Roxana. She's the little girl that we're, mm-hmm. we're adopting uh, for Compassion. And Adeline took that literal. And so oh, she thought Roxana exactly. was coming home with us that oh. day. And so she was, <laughs> yeah. a little th- she was a little thrown off. And so I had to explain uh, to her what yeah. it was. But uh, they, they didn't yeah. help pick it out. But each week we give an update. We write letters. We do okay, all those awesome. things during our staff meeting yeah. time. Yeah. What did they think about it now? Oh, they love it. They ask oh, about yeah. them. You know, one's in Guatemala, one's in the mm-hmm. Philippines. And so they're always asking about those places. Yeah. as well and so they, they look for we get little things in the mail with their pictures and no, it's just exciting that's for awesome. them yeah yeah all right so we're going to switch gears here a little bit tell us what are your favorite things about your dad yeah um man my dad I, he's an amazing father growing up i really just always remember my dad being there any big memory i have in my life i, I don't remember my dad being absent for that uh, yeah. which is Really special. I took it for granted mm-hmm. at the time, but now I realize how special that was, that he was active and present in my life. One of the practical things I remember, so I played basketball growing up. Yeah. That was my sport that I loved. And looking over at my basketball games, and uh, this will be outdated here, but my dad having the camcorder, the big camcorder sitting hey, there recording the 90s me. that's stuff. <laughs> Same with my dad. <laughs> yep, that's right. He had that camcorder, and he's recording it, and then he would show me the footage later on, and he'd cheer me on. He'd yell at the referees for me, you know, <laughs> yeah. all, all the stuff. And so all of that just showed me how proud he was of me, mm-hmm. and it means a lot. My dad did a lot of the same things and I loved it too. Cause I know some parents get like, Oh, maybe it's a little bit different for them. But for me, it was, it was a positive thing when, yeah. when they recorded me. Cause we talk about all the great things I did. Yeah. It's like yeah. a highlight reel. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and I loved it. It was, it was great. It always made me feel really supported. So yeah. It's good. good. So what are the top three things that your, that your dad taught you? That's a good question. The first I would say is loyalty. Mm-hmm. So my dad this past week celebrated 41 years at his place of employment where he wow. works. He's been married to my mom since early 20s as well. And so that that loyalty, faithful faithfulness, consistency, those things mm-hmm. he showed me there. He also showed me how to love Jesus. My dad also, fun side note, he was uh, my part-time youth pastor uh, growing <laughs> up. And so uh, he showed me practically yeah. in the home how to love Jesus and in the church. And, church, um, yeah. and so, okay. uh, and he still obviously is following Jesus, love Jesus to this day. Mm-hmm. And then I would say hard work. My dad is an extremely hard worker. When we were young kids, he worked the same company he's working at now, but then he would also wake up early, go throw papers um, mm-hmm. as well. He mm-hmm. worked part-time at the church. Yeah. He worked really hard to provide for us and take care of us. And yeah. so he, he's taught me those things for awesome. sure. Sounds like some good things there. Yeah. You mentioned that he taught you how to love Jesus. How did he do that? Yeah, um, man, again, there's so many ways that 
that that happens. I would say for for my dad, it was the model that he gave us. It wasn't always, uh, you know, my dad's not the dad. I don't remember always sitting down having these big, profound, yeah. this is us moment talks, mm-hmm. right? They, yeah. they just blow your mind when <laughs> you have them. We didn't have staff meetings. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have staff meetings. No, we didn't. Um, but but it was it was through his example. It was watching how he loved my mother and took yeah. care of her. It was watching how he handled himself at work, that he was a mm-hmm. man of integrity, um, that yeah. he was never being disciplined or being worried about being fired or those kind of things. It was mm-hmm. how he loved us. I have two sisters, how he loved my sister so mm-hmm. well and took care of it. It was just the model he showed us um, that that really embodied Jesus in our household. Yeah, that's good. Uh, what parts of fatherhood you know, do you enjoy the most? Yeah, so I... Uh, I believe God's created me to to be a leader in a lot of areas. So I love I love leading my family, mm-hmm. having that that responsibility of leading them. But then on a like more just fun note, I love playing with my kids. Like Wilder, yeah. uh, we love to wrestle and and, yeah. and knock each other around. And then Adeline <laughs> wants to dance and do cartwheels and yeah. and uh, and all that. So fun. Uh, Hazel is just at a real. She's entering that fun season of just being goofy and yeah. and running around. And so playing with my kids, I love cheering them on what they do. Wilder loves sports. He loves he loves basketball too. Yeah. And so uh, um, so we've done basketball. We've done flag football. I love just getting mm-hmm. to cheer him on. Um, it's amazing how you think your kid is the best at everything, and, you know. Yeah. And so uh, cheering him on. Adeline, she does uh, like gymnastics, and so mm-hmm. getting to see her improve and do better at that. Mm-hmm. And so cheering them on, and then also just. One of my things I enjoy the most is as a father, you just have the opportunity to speak truth and to speak life into your kids. And I, I, that's, that's such an honor that you, you get that opportunity. Ooh, those all sound like really great things. Um, but what do you mean by speaking truth and life into them? What does that look like? For me, speaking truth is, I told you they're dealing with like some fear and things mm-hmm. like that. And so I think the voice of a father carries a lot of weight in, in their mm-hmm. kids. And so being able to sit down and say, look, God has you. God is taking care of you. I know that because of when you were born and I saw God take yeah. care of you in that season. And so he, he wasn't with you then, and but now he's left you. He's still yeah. with you. So being able to speak the truth of God and of scripture into their life. But then also when I say speak life into them, when they graduated kindergarten this week, of being able to pull them to the side and say, man, I'm so proud of you and how yeah. hard you've worked to do this. And you can see like their shoulders kind of lift up a little bit. They're, yeah. Like they're, they're just proud mm-hmm. that their dad's proud of them. Mm-hmm. And so... Having those opportunities just to speak that truth in life is is so meaningful to me. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, I have to say, like, for me uh, as a mother, my favorite part is the responsibility of my children, too. Yeah. I say children, I just have one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that as well. Yeah. Like, knowing that it all rests on me and mm-hmm. looking for those moments, too. Like, yeah. um, you know, I don't have a whole bunch right now, but I know yeah. they're coming and I can't wait for it. Yeah. So, I, I feel that. You know, I really, I, I get that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm glad your kids could experience that from you. Mm. That's a great thing. On that note, what are some things that you want your children to know? I think any parent, we could list a laundry list of things we want to give to our kids, right? But you have to narrow it down to what's most important. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one way that we've tried to do that, um, you know, I mentioned uh, our staff meetings earlier. At the beginning of each staff meeting, we we say our family mission statement. And that mission statement emphasizes the things that we view as most important. And so that mission statement is the McFarland family will be a family that loves one another, has fun together, and helps others know the love of Jesus. And so those things really uh, accomplish what we're trying to do, what our mission is as a family, what I want them to know. And so I want them to know that, hey, we're going to be a family that loves each other. That's be the hands uh, hands and feet of Jesus and to love our family, to love those around us. Mm -hmm. 
we want them to have fun in life, right? One of the things that is amazing about Christianity, it is not meant to be boring. Mm-hmm. It is meant to give life and life to the fullest, as yeah, Jesus would say. And mm-hmm. so we want them to have Full fun. Life. Yeah. That's right. We want them to have fun in life and we want to have fun in our household. We don't want our household mm-hmm. to be a, a place our kids dread being in. We want to have yeah. fun with them. And so we yeah. want them to have fun. And then lastly, and I know a lot of times, maybe sometimes when you build mission statements, the most important thing should be first, but we end with our, so you remember it as you leave oh, out. Yeah. Um, like but that. it's to, uh, uh, our mission as a family is to make Jesus known in all that we do. So I would say those are the important things, the intentional things we're trying to teach our kids. Uh, I love that. I mean, staff meetings and mission statements, I'm, <laughs> I'm loving this. You know, these are some life goals here for sure. You know, I had something a little similar. So my family might be having a, a Bostic, you know, mission statement. Yeah. Knows? Yeah. Because uh, I do know I came up with one for my classroom when I taught for that. And it was just a little pledge. And I'm not going to recite the whole pledge, but <laughs> the three things, it was a three thing deal as well. Yeah. It's like, I wanted my classroom to know how to respect each other. Mm. And we use the word honor. I feel like honor is a better yeah. or easier word for children to understand yeah. in my experience. Yeah. And then to be peace seekers, to be people that are seeking out peace with each other. And sometimes seeking out peace is not turning the other cheek. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, having those hard conversations, but right. seeking it out versus putting up hands. Having integrity, you know, having integrity, all that we do, we're going to do the best that we can do and we're not going to cut corners. So yeah. those are the my three things. And those are three things and I hope to, for my own family, you know, so I'm yeah. hoping I have to talk more about that. Yeah. About like what it is for us, but that's my piece of it. Yeah. <laughs> and the really sure. cool thing, I'm sure you use this with y'all's and that we, we try to do with ours too, is in those discipline moments or in those correcting moments, mm-hmm. you can bring it back to that statement, you know? Yeah. And so we, Adeline and Wilder aren't taking care of Hazel real well, mm-hmm. right? We asked them to watch their little sister and they're not doing it. Hey, like, hey, we're, we're going to be a family that loves each other. And so we Jesus need you to take care yeah. of your sister, right? I, you um, know, I'm glad that you brought that up because in the classroom, that's exactly how I used it. It's like, hey, is that honoring? Are you, you know, are you right. honoring somebody? Uh, is that seeking peace? Like yeah. all, the, all the time, Yeah, you know, uh, I, all the time. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly how it was used. So, you know, we talked about some great things here. As, is there any other advice you'd give to a dad that's in a stage below you? Like maybe they're expecting their new baby um, or maybe their baby is, you know, only got one and they're one. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say to them? I think a lot of times when uh, our minds first go to these places, you can think of like, hey, it goes by too fast or mm-hmm. hey, enjoy every moment. And I would say mm-hmm. absolutely do those things. That That mm-hmm. is important. But I would say for me, uh, something that impacted me, someone told me um, that has has just greatly impacted me as a father that I would just pass on. So it's not original to Evan, but Evan's just passing on this mm-hmm. word is that our kids are, are going to know and understand us as a father. They're going to understand our love before they understand the love of God and mm-hmm. are able to comprehend who God is. And so love them in such a way that they know God. And yeah. when you view that's your role is like ultimately God God knew them before you did. God yeah. loves them more than you do. And you're here to play a role to say, hey, I want to help you understand and know God. Man, there's there's a lot of weight to that, but there's yeah. also a lot of blessing and encouragement from that as mm-hmm. well. And so it's just a daily reminder that I would give to anyone in fatherhood or parenthood in general is, man, love them in a way so they'll understand God. Yeah. Love them well. And yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, in some ways you say that, like, that's kind of the ultimate command from God anyway. That's right. Like, in in general life. That's right. <laughs> so I guess what you're saying is like, if you want to measure yourself and say, am I doing a good job as a dad? Well, mm-hmm. am I loving my kids? Well, that's right. Do they feel loved this week. Yeah, today? for sure. And so, and that could be your measuring stick. I yeah. love that. That's, that's great. Good. That's a good word, Evan. 
Uh, all right. So last question. This is um, always my favorite one. I kind of switched it up for you guys. You know, for the ladies, that's a little something different. But for my guys, um, my question is going to be, what is your favorite memory that you have so far with each of your children? Yeah, that's a fun question for sure. I'll start with the youngest with Hazel. And so some of these will be like specific moments and some mm-hmm. will just be thoughts I have when I think of them. And so mm-hmm. we've gotten to this year, uh, I've gotten to with Hazel. So I'm, I'm off on Fridays. Fridays is one of my rest day. And Hazel is also off on Fridays and Katie goes to work. And so Fridays have been Daddy Beanie Day. We call her Beanie. Oh, okay. And so uh, so we call him Daddy Beanie Day. And so I just get to spend the day with her just one on one. And and when, you, when you're dealing with multiple kids, those one on one moments are just so cherished and so special. And so... When I think of her right now, I think of those Fridays that we just mm-hmm. get to spend together. Sometimes we do yard work together. Yeah. Um, sometimes we <laughs> go out, do some shopping. Sometimes we're watching Encanto, like whatever it is, oh, yeah. we're just spending mm-hmm. time together. Let's not and talk so, about Bruno. That's right. That's right. Better not. <laughs> so that's with Hazel. Uh, with Wilder, I would say like an experience we got to do together is he loves Dude Perfect. I don't okay. know if you know who they are. but um, I've, I've heard of it. I, yeah. have some, uh, I have a nephew that has cousins. Okay. They watch it. They're into it. Yeah, so they're yeah. A, they have a YouTube channel. They are like the the young boys' dream team, right? And they're just doing trick shots and funny yeah. videos, and they're Christian based, so it's clean, wholesome fun. Okay, that's um, great. Yeah, yeah, and so. Last fall, I got to take Wilder to a Do Perfect show, awesome. and he was he was in heaven. He was just <laughs> on top of the moon. Uh, couldn't be any more excited. And so, just getting it was just me and him that yeah. went to that. Oh yeah. And so, getting to have great that memory. experience with him yeah. is a great uh, memory we have. And then, yeah. lastly, I would say with with Adeline. Man, it's just the daddy-daughter dates that we get to go on. Mm-hmm. I try to be intentional with my daughters. I did it with Hazel this year for for Valentine's Day and different things to take them on mm-hmm. dates. And Adeline, she cherishes those moments. And so we've done one at the church before where it's mm-hmm. like a dance type thing, but it's also mm-hmm. she loves El Paso. So like just going to <laughs> sit down and eat Mexican going to sit down and eat Mexican food together, getting dressed up. Just those daddy-daughter dates are you just. You mean she's not a Chick Fil A fan? She would rather a good bowl of queso. That's yep. great. Man, that's my girl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. That's she great. loves that's it. That's awesome. Well, that's really great, Evan. I just enjoyed having you out this morning. And, you know, I'm just a mom, but I still feel challenged and encouraged by this conversation. You brought some of the heat today. Well, thank that. you. It was, it was such an honor for you to have me on. And yeah. it's a blessing to be a father. And it's it's a humbling responsibility. And so I hope this encourages someone who listens to it. Yeah. All right, dads, uh, next week I expect you to hear of everyone's mission statement <laughs> and minute notes from your staff, from your family staff meetings. <laughs> Just kidding. But I do hope every dad out there leaves this episode feeling challenged and inspired. I know that I did. The heat is worth it sometimes. So next week we'll be listening to another dad. So keep your hearts open and ears pert. It will be another good one. My name is Evan, and this is my story of the middle. And this is your host, Brandy Bostic, and you've been listening to the Up From The Muck podcast. Psalm 40, verse 2. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of a muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure.